one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made was I was about to go on vacation. And then right before I was going on vacation, I took a project that was due during my vacation. I ended up working my entire vacation. I pulled all nighters during my vacation. I didn't get to spend quality time with my family put some boundaries around it because that time with your family is so important and it's something that you really need to protect. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe that it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. Today, I had the pleasure of chatting with Sarah Marski, the CEO of the Saramar Group, which she founded in 2018 as a purpose-driven marketing consulting firm specializing in the U.S. Hispanic market. Before starting Saramar Group, Sarah led award-winning Hispanic marketing campaigns and social impact initiatives in her role on the multicultural marketing team at the Coca-Cola Company. She's also actively involved as a partner to the Conscious Capitalism Atlanta community and is truly inspiring to me and how she lives out her calling every day to use business and influence as a force for good. We chat about her transition from corporate America into her own entrepreneurial venture, the lessons she's learned along the journey, and the amazing opportunities that exist for businesses to better connect with and elevate the Hispanic community. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sarah as much as I did. Enjoy. Welcome to Chat with Leader, Sarah. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? It's going great. I am so glad that this day has finally come upon us. Such a great community steward with conscious capitalism, the Hispanic business community. Such a gift and a thrill to have you on here to edify the next gen leaders in our community. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about the conversation. I appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. Well, let's just jump right in, Sarah. What do you wish emerging brand leaders knew about the opportunity that exists to build stronger ties with the Hispanic business community? wish that brands knew just the breadth and the depth and the just amazingness of the opportunity. You know, you and I were chatting before, you know, our Hispanic community, there's over 62 million Hispanics that live in the United States. Hispanics are projected to drive 80% of U.S. population growth over the next 20 years. Another mind-blowing one is 25% of the U.S. population under the age of 18 is Hispanic. That's 25%. That's 25% of your market share right there. So it's just incredibly important for brands um, to really recognize the strength, the power, the incredible contributions of our Hispanic community and how they can truly create a brand affinity and bond um, with this community, uh, which is so important. Passion is contagious, Sarah, and that's one of the things that I really love about you. And I really would love for our listeners to hear about some of the experiences around your youth and just entering into your career and what ultimately led you down this career track and that passion for the Hispanic community and kind of bringing brands together with them. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, like, how did you get into doing Hispanic engagement or marketing? And because I'm not Latina, I actually, I grew up um, in the United States here in North Carolina and truly was blessed um, growing up. I had the opportunity to learn Spanish from a very early age, from literally since preschool in my school system in North Carolina, we had Spanish. So I studied it in preschool, kindergarten, elementary, middle school, high school. I always loved it. Always 
just enjoyed learning the language, learning about different different cultures of the world, which is always fascinated by different cultures and ways of living life. And, um, and it's just always something that I've been very passionate about and a lifelong love of mine. And it's something that I've continued to this day in my career. And, you know, growing up, I really was kind of raised with a global perspective, grounded in giving back and servant leadership. And, you know, my mom was obviously a big influence in that. And through her role at the YMCA, she was one of the YMCA leaders in North Carolina. Um, she actually went and traveled across Latin America and formulated partnerships with YMCA's. A lot of people don't know the Y is a global organization. She created partnerships with Y's in Latin America, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay. She lived in Colombia for a little while in Mexico. So, you know, she always brought that back into the home. And of course, I was always fascinated by that. And she always cultivated that in me and supported that in me as well. So when I was in college, I had the opportunity, you know, I double majored in international studies and Spanish at UNC Chapel Hill. And there I had the opportunity to go live in Spain, study abroad, live with a family for almost a year there. Um, which was an incredible experience. And then I also had the opportunity to live in Costa Rica, volunteering with the YMCA in Costa Rica. And that was actually my first experience abroad, first experience really immersing myself in the language and the culture. And, and that experience continues to shape my life to this day. And just, just an amazing opportunity to give back and be part of that community. So flash forward, um, moving on from college, my career has always been focused on, you know, the Hispanic market in a way that is socially impactful. You know, I worked for the YMCA here in Atlanta. That's how I moved to Atlanta was for an internship at the Metro Atlanta Y, but then moved on to the Latin American Association which is a nonprofit serving the Latino community across Georgia. So doing incredible work, incredible services um, for the community. So I led our PR marketing communications there, then moved over to the Coca-Cola company on the multicultural marketing team there and was really excited about the work I got to do there, which was Hispanic engagement, Hispanic marketing, but also with a social impact focus. So that's a little bit about my background and how I ended up to where I am today, you know, starting the business of Saramar Group and really focusing on helping brands connect in a socially impactful way to Hispanic audiences. When you first started in multicultural marketing, what was something more challenging than you expected? And maybe what has fundamentally changed about your work from then until now? Some of the challenges that I experienced kind of starting out um, in the multicultural field or really doing multicultural work for a major corporation you know, I, with, with multicultural marketing in general, you, you kind of have to be very, very comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> because it's still, it's still a persuasion process. It's still a, almost a sales process internally, even though where I worked, you know, we recognized the opportunity. Um, we had a lot of strategic initiatives to engage our Hispanic audiences, but across brands, that passion and that um, dedication and that level of investment that was worthy of the community might not have been as maximized as it could have been. So you were always having conversations with people kind of like, and what, 
like, and what about the Hispanic market? And what about that? And let's not forget this. And let's add that. And then let's include it. And then like, you kind of get like the look and you're like, eh, people are like, what, what? <laughs> and it's a little bit uncomfortable to have to continue to sell, to sell, to sell, to sell, to sell, to sell, um, even internally um, around the opportunity or carving out budgets or what have you. So I thought that was pretty interesting dynamic as we were going through the process uh, at the organization. Love to talk about in terms of just advocacy and always having to be that voice and speaking up to make sure that that multicultural influence in our branding messaging is always being considered and not forgotten. That fight needs to continue to make sure that we're thinking equitably in terms of how we reach audiences. And it's also a whole market too for all the for-profit businesses out there that have opportunities to engage with your brand and to invest in your brand and and be part of that so it's it's great work that you're doing sarah so as you've decided to to start saramark group and in your entrepreneurship who have been some of your strongest influences that encourage you and that just continue to give you hope in building your business oh i love this question jeff thank you for this question one of the things that i realized um, with starting a business you know, we, we always say it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to start a business. <laughs> and that's one thing that I have really embraced and really realized throughout this journey, three years now of owning the business is that you cannot do it alone. You have to have people in your corner, people helping you, people uplifting you, because many times as a business owner, it is isolating. Um, you hear that a lot, especially those that are single proprietors that are starting the businesses alone, but it's a very isolating journey and, and you need sort of support and you need sounding boards. You need those mentors that are really going to help guide the way. And it's a lot different owning a business than actually doing the work. So there's a whole learning curve to it as well. So I would say some of the incredible influences in my life, I mean, one of them was Nelly Galan, who I um, actually worked very closely with at Coca-Cola, who we actually work partnered together in empowering women business owners across the U.S., but I always heard her story, the challenges she faced, everything that she did to grow her business and the success that she had, and now she's giving back and helping other women entrepreneurs start their businesses and grow their businesses. So I always have her in my head, like, <laughs> I want to do well to make her proud in a way. So, um, so that's one huge influence there. Of course, my mom, we talked about that. And then I've also had some amazing mentors through the organization score lane. I actually need to give him a call and see how he's doing, but like, um, you know, he was always there pushing me and, and encouraging me. And I think most recently, the opportunity to be in the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative, which is through Invest Atlanta under the city of Atlanta, which has been an incredible program, about 15 month long incubator program for women business owners. And it was just a, a community of women going through it, going through the same journey of starting the business. So it was great to have that sisterhood and like just being able to have therapy to kind of vent to, <laughs> to talk about all the challenges that you're facing but you know Monica the leader of that and then all the mentors and trainers and just community of people that they brought together through that organization and that initiative were just just really invaluable um, to my growth so you know it's just I've had a wealth of supporters and and I'm so thankful for it and and definitely recognize that that is a huge part of the success. You talk about this 
shared experience of entrepreneurship and business leadership and storytelling and and being able to to create a an environment that resonates amongst other business leaders so that we can inspire and create hope for the next generation of leaders who are going to usher in and continue to carry the torch of multicultural marketing and equity and inclusive practices, conscious leadership. What advice would you have for other aspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders who are just getting started? So say you're talking to your 18 year old self, Sarah Marsk, who's getting started and has entrepreneurial aspirations. How would you advise those people today in terms of how to to really take off and, and seek those kind of uh, relationships and storytelling opportunities. Yeah, love it. Well, so much. And my 18-year-old self, I don't think she had any clue about <laughs> that I would one day be an entrepreneur. But, um, but you know, I think she was always a leader. She was always leading things, you know, and um, being at the forefront of group projects and school clubs and all things like that, being very entrepreneurial in, in the roles that I had, et cetera. So I guess that kind of bug was a l- little bit always there. I, I think that there's there's many things that I would say. I you know, you we kind of touched on this uh, in one of our conversations before Jeff was, I mean, this is boring, but it's a savings. <laughs> Um, if you're looking at going into starting a business and you already have a job right now, you have a corporate job or what have you, I think savings is one of the most important things you can do. And it's not just me, many financial advisors and other people also recommend this to have maybe a year's worth or two years worth of savings in your bank account before starting out on your own into the business, because that's just going to give you so much stability and allow you to navigate through any times of tough waters like clearly we've gone through a global pandemic right now which nobody anticipated which has really been challenging for a lot of businesses especially small businesses so having that cushion especially for me I was proud like whenever I first started the business 40% of what I brought in I saved I saved I saved and then you take it and then you invest it and you invest it and then you you help that money grow. I think that's incredibly important that you have that kind of stable cushion behind you so you're not worried and desperate and like oh my god how do I get the next client da, 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 da. So I think that number 1 is important. Boring but important. Savings. <laughs> Really good advice. And, and I know a lot of early stage entrepreneurs that are bootstrapping, or even if they're going out and getting additional funding and they're borrowing, that creates a lot of emotional stress and an and emotional baggage that comes with the business that takes you away from being strategic and growth oriented, you just kind of get thrown into survival mode. So as you've come into your entrepreneurial journey later on in life after more of a corporate focus before that, what has been the biggest lesson learned that you've had about entrepreneurship and that shift from more of the corporate journey into entrepreneurship? One of the biggest key learning points in the entrepreneurial journey is, I mean, there's so, so many, but I think some of the biggest pain points have been around pricing. And um, how to price your services. I have gotten burned, 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 burned. (laughs) You project that it's going to take this amount of time to do something. And you project that it's going to be this amount of money. And then it turns out that it took 
10 times the amount of time that you thought it was going to take. And then it, and then there you are like not wanting to go back to the client asking for more money. So you're kind of, or at least I wasn't comfortable doing that. So I was kind of stuck like doing all this work and I felt like I was doing it for no money. And it's just like, oh goodness, really kind of learning about a pricing strategy has been really beneficial um, and really kind of life-changing lately to kind of build in not only, you know, the number of hours, okay, you think it's going to take this time, multiply that by three, um, <laughs> and then um, build in a margin on top of that. Well, actually, like build in a contingency, right? So it's like, you think it's going to be this time, add in a contingency of additional hours because more work might come up and then add a margin on top of it. So kind of like that type of structure has been a game changer for Saramar Group and, and what we've been able to do in terms of revenue growth. So I think pricing uh, has been a really important lesson. And then I would say the second one is boundaries. And I, I think one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made was I was about to go on vacation with my family, with my friends at first, and then my family. And then right before I was going on vacation, I took a project that was due during my vacation. And like two days before I went on vacation, I took this project that was due in my vacation. And it, it just, you know, I ended up working my entire vacation. I pulled all nighters during my vacation. I didn't get to spend quality time with my family. I didn't take one picture with my nephews, like my whole family. My mom was stressed because I was stressed and working. And so it like impacted them. And so all I had to do, Jeff, was before I took that project, say, I would love to help you. I want to be in a position to deliver excellence. And we're not in that position, but happy to help you after we get back you know, and just put some boundaries around it. Cause that time with your family is so important. And it's something that you really need to protect. The other thing in that scenario is like, just because it's their nightmare and they have an urgency doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be your nightmare. <laughs> and so you want to just want to position yourself to deliver your best work and to do excellence. So make sure you, you create those boundaries and procedures and processes to put yourself in that space. Um, so those will be two key learnings. <laughs> well, as much as we want to be heroes and save the day through our business and influence, we also need to be heroes in the hearts of our family and focus on those things that, that matter most. So really well said, Sarah. Last question uh, that I wanted to ask you here uh, was around kind of our connection with conscious capitalism and, yeah. and, and how you feel like this is ushering a new era of just conscious leadership. So what's giving you, Sarah, the most hope for our next generation of social impact business leaders through your relationship to conscious capitalism and the leadership community that we've been blessed to be a part of together. Right. Oh man. Uh, you know, I love the concept of conscious capitalism. The fact that not only can we create profit and prosperity, but create positive impact at the same time, I think is a really powerful notion. And it's not necessarily a fluffy notion either. Often, you know, people are like, oh, it's good to get back to the world, you know, but no, it's actually a business strategy and it's an actually a business strategy that works. You know, we, we know based on data that the high growth companies over the past decade have had 
having a higher purpose in common. So doing something beyond just the bottom line or beyond just profit to having a purpose that's going to create change in people's lives. It's going to create an impact positively in the lives of their consumers is a strategy that has helped those businesses grow. And it's a strategy that helps you create very meaningful connection with your consumers and with the people who are engaging with your brand. So it really allows you to just at a deeper level, connect with your consumers. And not only that, but it's good for the people who work for your organization. People who work in conscious companies are more fulfilled. They're more inspired to do the work. It just creates a more innovative, happy workforce that drives the growth of your business too. So there's all sorts of um, business rationale and, and reasons to be a conscious capitalist leader and, and drive your business guided by a higher purpose. So I just really have enjoyed being part of Conscious Capitalism, the organization, meaning you there, meaning all the other servant leaders and being part of that community because really that's what Saramar is all about. How do we help brands engage with audiences in a way that's socially impactful? I'm equally as grateful, Sarah, for you and for your influence and in my life and through your leadership and what you're doing for the Hispanic business community here in Atlanta. There's so many great areas of opportunity for everyone to come together from a conscious business standpoint, but also pour into more inclusive thinking, building our communities together, doing life together and knowing that humanity can be elevated through our business and through our influence. So I highly encourage people to learn more about you and your business. And if they wanted to do so, where online would you guide them? Awesome. So you can check out our website. It's www.saramargroup.com. And that's S-A-R-A-M-A-R group.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn at Sarah Marski. And I'm always happy to chat there and connect. So just really looking forward to engaging and, and supporting any brands out there that would like to engage in meaningful and positively impactful ways with our Hispanic community. We will also be including all of those in our show notes. And Sarah, it was just such a gift today. Again, thank you for being with us and helping to pour into our current and next gen leaders. It was such a such a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here and look forward to chatting again soon. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.